You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We're back with Season 3, Episode 15. The one that in our post-it notes is called, This is the Episode. But it's actually called, The One Where Ross and Rachel Take a Break. They do. I'm Ryan, and I've got Hummus. And I'm Mark. I think we do need a break. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we need a preamble, really, before we... This is an intense episode. <laughs> well, actually, so... I put it. I put in the show notes just at the top that you you're doing this episode. And I put this is the episode, but actually watching it back, it's not the episode. I think the next one is because what because in my mind, you know, this is the big breakup episode. This is where it all kicks off. It's like no, actually, it's such a tiny part right at the very end. Yes, and it's the fallout next episode. You almost have this kind of gap where you see the the beginning of the breakup. There's a gap. And then the episode afterwards is the fallout of it all. There is no massive thing that happens, I guess, that I kind of expected or, or was in my mind. Yeah, I get that. I think because I think the episodes kind of blend together mentally really well. Yes. So you do kind of see this episode as both episodes. Yeah. Um, to me, it's this, these two episodes are the perfect example of those like theatre masks, the comedy and the tragedy, because... The one episode is just emotionally heavy and there are some funny moments in it, but it's mostly really intense. So this episode is just emotionally, oh my God, like, look yeah. what's happening. And the next episode still has that emotional intensity, but it's like the writers knew we need to put some jokes in here. And then everything else that like Phoebe and Chandler and the guys get up to in the second episode is phenomenal. Because there's a lot of funny stuff that happens in this episode that I forget is part of the breakup, I guess. Because yeah. when you say, you know, the, the we were on a break stuff, you're like, okay, there's going to be an episode where it's going to be Ross and Rachel heavy the whole way through. And it's like, no, like, that doesn't happen for most of this episode. It's no. next episode that you get a lot of it. So, yeah, this will be, this will be fun. It will. What have you been up to, Mark? It's, like it's been a while since I've seen you probably. Uh, yeah, well, I've been doing a few shows, work stuff, pretty boring things, nothing exciting. Been looking forward to this, actually. Yes, I uh, got very much messaging the other day. Like, oh my God, Mark, we finally got there. Like We've got to the episodes, which in my mind are much later on in the episode. I don't know why, but my brain puts this stuff much later in the run. Uh, yeah, you, f- you feel of it being in like the middle of the show, not, not you know, in season three, middle of season three. Now that's one further way through, not not halfway through. Yeah, but it just feels, to my mind, it just feels like this is happening too early. Mm. But I, f- I think it's because, you know, the as we've said many times, the very first season you know, it lands and is already running instantly. There's no kind of build-up in season one of like, oh, it's all right, and gets better. It's just amazing from day one. And it, and it feels familiar from day one. There's no, oh, who's this character? Like, as soon as Monica comes out, you're like, okay, I get her. Get her character done. So I think this coming early feels that way because you don't have that kind of janky first and second season that you normally get in other shows. Fair. I mean, one thing that I did notice, which I guess we'll get a bit into more a little bit is I've often said that my kind of like friends moment is I take the Rachel mm. and how that was like the defining moment to me I'm wrong it's this <laughs> I, I watching the episode back I was like yeah it is this as much as I take the Rachel entertained me and was shocking and made me laugh and was unexpected this hits harder well uh, without getting too far into the episode before you even begun the you know we were on a break thing I, it starts off in this episode but it's actually really subtle yeah. you know it's just Rachel going you know I think we should have a break 
and then I think it's it's not even the next episode. It's way down the line that we were on a break becomes absolutely massive. I think it's probably the the beach episode mm-hmm. uh, where that that kind of catchphrase like takes on a new meaning. But this is where it kind of begins. Yeah, it's like it, now it's too emotionally raw to be used as like a, a punchline between either one of them. Yes. But as you are right, as the season progresses, when I mean, the emotions aren't as raw, you know, it's fun. Like, yeah. well, not fun, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, we open with Joey raiding Monica's fridge. Uh, he asks her how much she'll pay him to eat in her jar of olives, and she says nothing, but he'll owe her two ninety five. I think that's fair. And I was like, "Has Monica been keeping a tab on how much food Joey has eaten? Because that's got to be way higher than the money he owes Chandler." Yeah, potentially. Well, I mean, he's got two fridges to work through, but we also know that Chandler does go to Monica's for food too. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm curious if the boy, how much do the boys owe Monica for food? Maybe that's how Chandler makes some money back. You know, it's like, well, how important food? Because I know Joey's going to eat it, so I'll just eat Monica's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Phoebe comes busting in, uh, declaring she needs an atlas, as she has a date with a dashing diplomat she met while giving free massages outside the UN, and she doesn't know where his country is. Phoebe's figures, but is it peace? Make peace. Which is super sweet, and like a bit of classic Phoebe. Yeah, although sort sort of weird, giving free massages. Like, imagine that. You're outside the UN, go, massage anyone? Anyone want a massage? I'm, I all imagine that that sentence really depends on who's saying it. Yes. Like, if it's a hairy-armed, big-hand, sweaty, balding man, I'm probably not taking the free massage. Yes. He might be amazing at his job, <laughs> but if he's got a little camping stall and like, free massages... I, I, I think it also probably depends what country you're from, because you could, could very well imagine, uh, you know, a spy being like, free massage... <laughs> you know, maybe maybe a Russian or Chinese spy of American diplomats. <laughs> so, were those Trident subs? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a very cute idea and it's very Phoebe, but it's very weird. Yeah, I think a lot of other Phoebe things are really you just accept that Phoebe's Phoebe and she's very quirky. She has her own way of thinking. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes when she says stuff, you just go, "Oh yeah, Phoebe's." Yeah. It, it makes part, and then you think about it applied to anyone else on the planet and go. That's weird. I, th- I think they do this in the show, though. They get Ross to do Phoebe-style things, and you're like, no. Like, you shouldn't be doing that, Ross. You're a man of intellect. What is this? Yeah, yeah it doesn't, doesn't work for his character. Um, but Chandler then pops in, looking for an excuse to go check out the hot copy girl again. And Joey joins him. Come on, Chloe. Finish up with your customer first. Come on, Chloe. Come on, Chloe. Can I help you? Uh-oh. Uh, you know what? We're having second thoughts about our uh, copying needs. And now we'll need a little more time to think about it. <laughs> Chloe, switch with me. There's some guys here who got a crush on you. Okay, that hurt us. Hi, guys. I haven't seen you since this morning. Well, uh... You know. Hey, what are you guys doing tomorrow night? Both of us? Maybe. Does that scare you? <laughs> Relax. Just Isaac's DJing at the Philly. You should come. Oh, we'll be there. Great. I'll uh, see you then. All right, rock on. Have you ever had any uh, copying needs in the past? Because I, I, the only time I could think of it was when I was in school, and you might have needed a photocopier for like schoolwork. Yep. This was in the time before the internet, really, before home printers were cheap enough. And they'd give you like some bit of paper and they'd be like, you need to copy this so you have a pristine version and your own version. And the news agents would have a photocopier that was like 10p per sheet or whatever. Yep. Otherwise, I've had no need to go to a copy place to have lots of copies made. 
I remember having to get stuff copied at school. Our school library had a photocopier, and it was if it was teacher's use, it was free. So like if a teacher sent you, you know, yeah. like go to go, you you know you do it, but you had to pay ten p uh, as well. But I don't remember what it was for. It would have been something geeky. But I remember getting re- on with the librarian quite well, and I remember taking nerdy things in, and I can't for the life. It's going to be it Dungeons and Dragons, isn't it? It wasn't. It's got to be character sheets. I don't know what it was. It was something nerdy, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. But I vividly remember talking to him about it, and then taking like books in for him to photocopy things out so we could use. But I don't know what it was. I oh. can't remember what it was. I just remember he would give us free photocopies because it was nerdy things that he like. Took. <laughs> <laughs> kids get like, why didn't pay for those photocopies? And the librarian would be like, yeah. It's uh, for this class. <laughs> Make it up. I'm like, yeah. But one day, maybe I remember what it was, but at the minute, no, Mark, I haven't had copying needs. <laughs> no. I don't think anyone has copying needs anymore. No, it's, it's strange, right? It's definitely a... a even, well, even in the 90s, it's a little bit strange. Like, I don't know. I just, uh, unless you had like a lost puppy or something, there was very few needs for you to be like, I need 100 copies of something. Like, why, why are the boys there? What do they have copy needs for? I know they're there to see Chloe. Yeah, maybe they want to have a like, photocopy of their CV. Printers, I guess. We know China has a printer, though. Yeah, but that'd be long. I feel like photocopy would be faster and cheaper than repeatedly printing. I don't... Especially I don't, in the 90s. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, they're, they're there to see Chloe. We don't know what they're copying their needs no. are. <laughs> even. Overthinking that bit. Yeah. It's just about Chloe. Um, Chandler is such a dork. Obviously, he'll rock on. Um, and I love him for it. It's He's so lame. I also uh, relate to this situation really well because the amount of times I was... Isaac in the situation at the comic shop where boys would fancy one of the girls I worked with yeah. and literally be stood there trying to count the amount of customers to make sure she served them. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, like seriously, dude. Like, And they never ask her out. I didn't... If they were creepy, I would stick around, obviously, because they're being creepy. Yeah. But for the most part, you're just like, oh, is insert standing order number, like 12, uh, as a random example, going to ask her out today. It, you know, he's been in every week for the past seven weeks and not done it. And is he going to do it mm-hmm. on week eight? No, and then it just became weird. Like, yeah. If you're not going to ask her out, stop being weird. Yeah, exactly. Especially uh, when you're buying eight packs of gum every day. Yeah. <laughs> just, it was just odd. <laughs> I deliberately do it where, like, if there are people really creepy and, like, waiting around, and what they would do, they sometimes walk up to the counter and try and, like, count how many people there were, work out if she was going to serve them, and then, like, skulk back behind the shelf and, like, browse the bus pass holders oh, or whatever. Yeah. Something like you were saying, like, it's clearly obvious what they're doing. So the amount of times I'd be like, look, when they come over, just go downstairs. I'll send you downstairs <laughs> and we'll just make it a tea and I'll serve them. And we do it all the time. We just wait. That'd be like, fun. I'll be like, well, off you go. And then I'd go, hi guys. And they, they couldn't move then. They were stuck because I'd yeah. like spoke to them. Creepy weirdos. Because there is lots of times where you want to pick who's serving you normally because the person you don't want is slow, potentially older. Yeah. And wants to talk to you. Like, no, I want the person who wants to get out of this job as quickly as possible to just put the things through the scanner and off I go. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, you might just have a profit in general, but when it's, you know, romantically entangled, yes. it's just creepy. Like, just talk to her properly. Because sometimes they wouldn't, they'd just stare at her yeah. and it'd be like breathing on their comics and it was like, oh my God. Well, well like, let's explain this. You worked at a comic book store. So I think that that just covers the whole story in a sentence. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> they're, they're very strange. Um, but it is funny. They weren't quite, you know, Chandler isn't quite as bad as those guys. No. You know, they've just got a crush on the copy girl. I don't like knowing her name. It was more for No, yeah, in the next episode, I just call her copy girl because that's, much more of a fun name than actually, you know, giving her actual name. The nicknames are fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we then joined Phoebe at the end of her date with her diplomat and his translator. This is me, here. Uh, that's good, very good. Yeah, pleasure. The journey is a very good Your eyes are very pretty. 
Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Oh, I don't care. No, 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 no. He would like to kiss you. Okay. You know, you don't have to do that now. Oh, oh, yeah, Ted, but I No, 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 not him, no, you don't. Oh, you can give it. Ah, I want to give it a fruit, and I want to eat you. So, uh... well, the moment's over. Shani. <laughs> Oi. I love that. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous the whole thing is amazing it's so ridiculous and i love it it must be so awkward for the translator though like he seems fairly yeah, of comfortable course, but yeah maybe it's not his first time doing this but no but he, he's probably been in lots of uncomfortable situations being the, the person in the middle where you are just having to do your job and translate it's just i hope he gets paid well it's all i kept thinking yeah, yeah. Episode, i was like if you've got office hours like fair enough you know like nine to five you can go to the un you do what you do you translate your stuff you go home. Yeah. Like, when does he clock off? Has he got to, like, stay awake whenever the guy's awake? Or what if the guy wants room service at 2am? Does he have to wake up his translator and you expected them to translate his order? Perhaps, right? Quit. <laughs> like, also, we find out later in the episode, and I don't think it's contained in a clip, but he's been doing this job for three years. How lazy is this diplomat? He's A, he's a diplomat to the UN, so he should probably try learning the language. Yeah. And B, three years. So he's had three years to try and pick up some English. He doesn't even know what a cup is. I, yeah, I don't know if she could quite be like that certainly you see it with uh, a lot of japanese video game developers like they they will speak a bit of english but then they will speak japanese through uh, and use a translator uh for for many reasons and normally it's just how comfortable you are with the language uh the tone and everything and it's just easier speaking in your your native tongue right it is but i get if you're a developer of a game and you're doing one press conference a year and you know basic english fine and immediately as Westerners, we do tend to be quite lazy as cultures. Yes. Like the British learn English and then foreign English, which is louder and slower. You're on holiday, you need to catch we, we, up. Well, we, yeah, we, we take out some letters for the Americans. Yeah, well, they took them out. Yeah, evens. Um, <laughs> but yeah, most British people aren't that really like multilingual. Like I work with a guy at the minute who's like fluent in seven different languages, and yeah. he just blows my mind. I'm like, what? How? Like most of the people in this country can barely master English. Yeah, I'm I'm always jealous of people who know multiple languages, but. If you're a UN diplomat and your job is to represent your country to the world, I feel like you should at least learn a, a different language, more than likely English. Well, that. yeah, my, most places probably do speak English um, in terms of like the, the diplomats and that. When they all meet up, like English is probably the, the core language, even though it's like not the, the biggest or most popular language in the world. I think it's like French or something, maybe even Chinese, Mandarin. I suppose it depends if you're looking at it per person, like yeah, people yeah, in the yeah. world or per country. Because yeah. the French did a fair bit of colonising themselves. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. So um, I think I think English is generally the fallback language of like this is the generic one that we'll use everywhere. So yeah, you'd think you should pick up a, you know, picking up words, especially when you're surrounded by it, is actually fairly easy. It's the the more technical aspects of the grammar and stuff that's way more difficult. Yeah, and I, I think most people would appreciate your effort to speak the language, even if your grammar was dreadful. Yes, um, because oh, they're trying to you know they're trying to understand or you know. Yeah immerse themselves in our culture but yeah three years and you can't even tell the difference between a plate and a cup <laughs> yeah. that's oh that's, yeah that's easy that's lazy yeah like just do your job because it's his job as well it's not like it's just a random thing where he goes on holiday and wants to be able to no. speak a few phrases 
Uh, it's his job. So he's terrible at his job, and I don't know where his country is. I don't know the language they're speaking. Because again, I'm English, I'm lazy with language, I don't look it up. Also, Phoebe has a tiny globe. Yeah. <laughs> <So> he, <laughs> is that country there under my thumb? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's lazy and dreadful at his job. Yeah, yeah, harsh criticisms, but you know, it's what we do here. Yeah, yeah. We overthink yeah. it. Right, right. It's hot take of the episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, next day, Phoebes is giving Monica the rundown of the date and how annoying it is when the translator gets in the way, which I'm sure we've all had that experience, Mark. Yeah, definitely. Uh, have you ever had an experience on a date where, some, well, not on a date, when you're hanging out with someone and you're trying to, you know, talk to that one particular person? But someone gets in the way. Well, no, I've, I've certainly been around people who uh, don't speak English very well. And they'll be in a group of us. And the, the difficulty is trying to make sure they're also included. Because, you know, if, if you're all speaking English and they don't, you know, you've got one friend who's translating bits of them and they don't want to do that all night long. No. Uh, the person who can't speak English kind of misses out. And, yeah, it's, it's, it can be difficult to try and keep keep everyone involved. And I think... Generally, what happens is people will just split off into their their language groups. I guess fair. It, that does happen to be fair. When I when I'm in Amsterdam a lot, and there's obviously a lot of different cultures all speaking different languages, you will be at uh, like a gathering at a party, yeah. and there'll be like two people having a conversation in English, while two people speak Ukrainian in one corner, or someone's having a conversation in half Spanish, half English over there, and it's like it's like really cool. But I, and and I guess the difficulties being an English only speaker is you feel uncomfortable because you're like, hi, I also want to join in now, speak my language. But, which is because most people do that's the, they, the they do but it still feels un- at least for me feels uncomfortable so I'm like you know it's embarrassing I don't know your language yeah I agree it's very embarrassing but it, it's just the nature of the beast I suppose like people learn English because they feel like they have to learn English whereas well, well I think I think it's the easiest it's the one of the most common languages so they get taught it easier whereas you know you've got to learn Ukrainian let's say unless you're going to live in Ukraine why would you learn that same with Dutch so you know Dutch, Dutch is the worst because you try to speak it to, to anyone in the Netherlands and they will speak back to you in English. Yep, all the time. Um, I guess it's one of the things where the reason people learn English is because it tended to be necessary for business. Yeah. And you would you would have your language, your mother tongue, and then it's the case of, okay, well, I'm going to go deal with the wider world. I should probably learn English. Well, if, even if you just watch casual TV, there's a lot of Western English content because of America, mainly, yep. Uh that you just pick it up, you know, you look at BTS, they, they learn English because they watch Friends, because, yeah, they probably had subtitles, probably wasn't uh, dubbed, like a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, like in, in France, they make sure that lots of Western stuff is dubbed into French, like it's, it's a law there, so oh, they can okay. keep the language. Uh, it's the same with their music, so you go to France, you're like, what is all this weird, wacky music? And it's because one of the laws there is they have to have so much percentage of the music there has to be French language music. Fair. Which is, you know, to keep the language going, I guess. They should do the same thing in Wales. <laughs> I well, think I think they do try yeah. that. Welsh is a great language to listen to. Like when you hear people talking Welsh, it sounds it basically sounds like Elvish. Yeah. yeah. Ring, apart from when they get random modern words like poppity ping yeah. and weird modern words that they haven't got a, a root for in their language. That always makes me chuckle. Yeah. There's there's some other funny Welsh ones, but I forget what they are right now. But yeah, I think that's enough time dedicated to languages. <laughs> this is not sesame street with friends. Um Ross turns up to see Rachel. But she's got to work late. Uh, and Ross gives Rachel a call and Phoebe has a plan to get the translator out of the way. Hello? Hey, honey. Oh, hi. Hey, what's going on? Well, there was a disaster in shipping and now I've got to get this order in. Honey, I'm so sorry, but it looks like I'm going to be here all night. What? Do you, well, um, oh, how about I come up there? No, 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 honey, please. I've got, I just have too much to deal with. Anyway, I'm going out with Sergey again tonight and, um... 
could you come and be the translator's date so that when we, you know, it's time for our alone time, you two can split off? <laughs> you know, he's really, he's kind of cute. Yeah, well, kind of cute, like really kind of cute or kind of cute like your friend Spackleback Larry? <laughs> hey, don't call him that. His name is Spackleback Harry. What does Spackleback mean? Isn't isn't like a fish like scaly or I don't know. I, I like 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 that. I have this image in my head, but I don't know if I can really explain it. I was gonna Google it, and then I was like, no. Well, they're, they're spackling on like walls and stuff. Yeah, not that looks so, like, but I yeah. assume that's not what his back looked like. Maybe. No, I don't know. It just sounded gross. Yeah, yeah. And I well, like, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking in my head. But I was curiosity was almost gonna get the better of me. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to Google this because. Sometimes you just shouldn't. You don't want the algorithm changing all your YouTube results. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, there are certain phrases that, you know, people of our vintage. Yes. Um, you know, like blue and then a certain breakfast. Um, yeah, there, there, there are certain words that uh, if someone says, type this, you're like, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just don't do it. Um, but yeah, so I understand that Ross is frustrated that Rach has to work late again. Mm. It, but it's one of those things. Yeah, but we've also seen how Ross gets and how clingy he gets. We have. I, mean, I think a lot of times the Friends fandom is very unfair to Ross. Don't know if that's my... Especially us. Yeah, especially <laughs> you. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, obviously, it's because my life is somewhat many parallels with Ross's. So as a grown-up, I have... Grown you take up, it personally. As an older man, I've, uh, <laughs> I've changed my perspective, some perspective on Ross somewhat. But I, it's, it is the anniversary, and it, is, it would be frustrating, but at the same time, it's her job. She enjoys her job. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you have to do these things. You know, you have to work late. So. But it would be frustrating. Yes. And uh, obviously, Phoebe's plan is to bring Monica along, which I don't feel like is a very thought out plan. No, she she basically wants to get rid of the translator, right? So, but he's kind of essential to, <laughs> to yeah the entire operation. Uh, well, to to a point. Yeah. After after that, you don't need to know a language. They need. She Phoebe should have got. The translator teach her the phrase for "you can go home now," and then tell them. Then bam. <laughs> well, she can speak to the translator in English. No, but she's like, <laughs> so she can tell her date Sergey. It's time for him to go. Right. You know, okay. Like, get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We don't need language now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tongues are going to be busy doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> but then we join the boys. I don't know why I put Joey and Charlie with brackets in my notes because whenever we say the boys, everybody, you say this every episode. Yeah, everyone knows we mean yep. Joey and Chandler, but I did, uh, and they're at the coffee shop. And they're excited to go hang out with Chloe at the show. But it's six hours away. And the pair are clearly anxious about the idea that they may be having fun with Chloe together. And I wanted to clip this. And while it is funny, it's not really the point of the episode. And there was a lot of quite long clips already. So I just kind of left it out. So, Ryan, if this situation ever presents itself to you, what would you do? Uh, You know, how would you decide where you would uh, like to be? I mean, the boys are definitely putting the cart before the horse. (laughs) <laughs> like it's definitely it's definitely this hazard and hasn't arisen no um i don't know it de- it would depend who with and what the context was and yeah i because I, I i love the way they're like really excited about it but then as they think about it the excitement kind of disappears because they're like you know you don't want to look and maybe see something yeah, uh, we'll just close it up but what if my hand is just out, out here yeah. <laughs> and the best bit was you know maybe we should uh flip for which end will be it's like well which is heads and which is tails yeah, if you don't know that i don't want to <laughs> yeah. do this to you it's, that was almost my joking episode but it, it wasn't it's but. yeah it's such a it's a funny moment i'm sure many people have been in this situation as like a fantasy rather than reality 
and probably have been like, yeah, sounds great. And then like, oh, but you're my friend. Yeah, it, it would it would complicate things, I imagine. It would. It just depends on context. And I'd, yeah, some people would have had positive experiences and some would have had negative ones and that would probably shape what you would do in the future. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I don't feel like I'd want to be doing this with most people. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some. I hope it's not me. <laughs> That's on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I've lost all our patrons now. <laughs> yeah, we've gone bankrupt. Um, but the boys are hilarious here. And it's odd, but kind of funny to see Joey feel uncomfortable about a sexual situation because normally he's like yeah I'm Mr. Ladies Man Sex Machine and now he's like oh wait a minute now this is getting slightly uh, I think it's because it's Chandler isn't it and it's, well I, I have seen criticism online that this scene is supposedly homophobic because Joey and Chandler have been no. like, and I'm like well first off it isn't they're both straight men uh, you know as far as we were, at no point in the his entire show of friends does it ever imply other than to mock Chandler's quality yep. that they're gay and their mates, their best mates, and live together. Like this kind of thing could ruin a friendship if if one of them were to let it to. Yeah. So I, it's not to me. It's not homophobic in the slightest. It's literally just those two people who are closest friends who have never thought about each other in that context are now suddenly put in a situation where they they may want to. Yeah, like you know, Joey doesn't want to see Chandler naked, and vice versa. Like that's that's all it really is. Like you don't. It's it's not homophobic at all. It's just how you feel comfortable wise. Same way, you know, you know, some people might enjoy, you know, exhibiting themselves, I guess, being in public or whatever, and some people are not, sort of thing. So for for them, it's just them feeling uncomfortable with each other rather than anything else. And, and besides, in this situation, they wouldn't be doing anything that's homosexual anyway. Yeah, well, I, I guess... And, are, unless like, you're counting two naked men is homosexual now. Um, yeah, who knows? In, in which case, if you go to, uh, you know, the Japanese baths or whatever. Like, it's the younger generation. They, yeah. get, they get upset about yeah. things that don't make sense to us. No. But it is what it is. But thankfully, it's time for an advert break to get all the tension out of the coffee shop. If you're a shrewd shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products, like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough, responsive Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy holidays from HyperX. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. HyperX has refined their lightweight Cloud Stinger headset and now proudly presents the evolved Cloud Stinger 2. It still keeps the same rotating ear cups, swivel to mute microphone and comfort, but now adds two years of premium DTS headphone X activation. Get even better in-game audio and a number of other refinements for the low, low price of $50. Available now at hyperx.com. 
Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, uh, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Well, we're back, and Rachel's bad work day is still bad. But then Ross arrives. Hi. Oh, my God. What are you doing here? Well, you said you couldn't go out, so... You brought a picnic. Ugh, what a boyfriend. That's it. On Monday, I start wearing makeup. <laughs> Ross, honey, this is very nice, but but I, I've got a crisis. Yeah, but I've got couscous. Sorry, I know it's our anniversary, but I told you on the phone, I don't have time to stop. Okay, you don't have to stop. I'm invisible. I'm not here. Yeah, but I don't... Who approved that order? Well, there is no Mark Robinson in this office. Get me Mark on the phone. Oh, I love Mark. Do you know Mark? Yeah. Well, let me just check that with what I got here. All right, see, 038 is not the number for this store. 038 is Atlanta. Pepper? None for me. I'm sorry. As I was saying, the store number is wrong. And I'm sorry, but that is. Oh my god! Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to call you back. I've got Shemp in my office. What are you doing? Uh, I'm sorry, but, um, hey, oh, somebody's off the phone. How about a glass of wine by the fire? I get it going again. If you... Ross, you're not listening to me. What? I don't have time to stop. Come on, Rach, you don't have, what, 10 minutes? I don't 10? have 10 minutes. What, Sophie, does she have 10 minutes? Wait, Ross, I told you I don't. Don't yell at me, okay? This is the most I've seen you all week. Look, I cannot do this right now, okay? I've got a deadline. Would you just go home? I'll talk to you later. Yeah, but why? Goodbye! Okay, wow, I'm really torn about this, Mark. Um, on the one hand, I can totally understand where Ross is coming from, and why, in theory, taking the picnic to Rachel's work is adorable and sweet. But at the same time, it does show a lack of respect for Rachel's work. Like, there's being spontaneous and doing a nice thing, but you can still, like, pick and choose your moments. Because, yep. you know, when people are highly stressed or they're, they're busy and focused on something, you coming in, doing stuff like this is not the best time. He, he should have taken his cue. of like, oh, I've done a nice thing here. It's not the right time. I'll come back later. Yeah. Like, imagine if Rachel did this in the middle of a dino crisis, which <laughs> yeah. is a great game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. It's a terrible joke. <laughs> it is terrible. I couldn't not. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I do think Rachel's very rude. I understand she's frustrated at Ross. But it's the way she dismisses him at the end that would cross a line for me. It's a bit weird that he's just set that up into her office anyway. Most places are like, why's your boyfriend here? Yeah. Like, and he should not be bringing, you know, flowers and candles and flames and all sorts of things with him, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a really tough situation because I can see it from both their perspectives. Because Ross misses Rachel. It's their anniversary. He wants to spend time with her. So... I guess in an ideal world, he'd have gone down and be like, look, I brought the picnic to you. 
what do you want to do? Yeah. And then when she's like, oh no, I really can't. Like, I'll see you at home. I'd be upset. I'd be disappointed. I'd be like, oh, okay, fair. He's definitely a romantic type. And I feel like anniversary and dates in particular probably mean a lot to him. Like it has to be, it has to happen on that date. It has to be special. It has to be this. That, that's the kind of feelings I get from Ross. Yeah. I mean, I, I, a lot of this stuff I think is interesting psychologically not to go all roger on the show again but at the same time i think the one things friends doesn't do for ross's character that they i guess could have or should have is explore i guess to sound american the trauma of what happened with carol because it's very quickly kind of just forgotten and any underlying issues afterwards aren't ever mentioned it's just everything is just like okay ross is now being out of line and it's like well look what he went through two years yeah exactly yeah and this is probably why he is more clingy like he he probably was already a a bit of a clingy guy because you know he's he's like most nerds like us where when he's younger you know he wasn't the, the quarterback he wasn't getting all the ladies so probably a little bit clingy grabbing what he can can get hold of and then the breakup with with carol's made it even worse like you know he was happy he, he didn't want another relationship or anything. He was, he'd completed his life goals. Yeah, he was all set. Yeah. And so he, he does want to grab on things. And I guess uh, Friends doesn't make this explicit. But us going through the episodes, you can see, you know, with Paolo and everything like that, like he's realizing he has to take his chances and grab, the, grab them and never let them go. Get the spoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then he obviously takes it too far because Rachel's not like that. Yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is Ross just isn't looking at it from Rachel's perspective, no. which is why I mentioned the, like the lack of respect for her work. Because you you are just turning up at someone's workplace when they've told you they're busy and swamped. If Rachel hadn't said anything or had just been very casual, like, oh yeah, I need to work late. Sorry, fine, I get where you turn up. But when she's already told you that she's not going to have time and she's been very clear about the crisis she's in, at that point you should step back and be like, okay, well, you know, I'll keep the food warm and we'll see what time you get home. Well, that's that's the trouble with uh, the show. Is like, you know, she's working late, as is her colleague. And you're like, well, is it six o'clock? Is it eight o'clock? Is it nine? Like, you know, we, we have all had these issues at jobs where you've got to stay late sometimes to get things finished or done. But this almost seems like the office never stops. Like, they're, they're part, they've joined the night shift team now to get these clothes out or whatever. So it's, it's really hard to judge, you know, when Ross is there, if he's there too early or... You know, she's actually at work too late. Yeah, like, is it she was supposed to finish at 5.30, it's now mm. 7 and she's still there? Yeah. Or is it quarter to 9 and Ross is, you know, starving, so he's taking, like, you, yeah. Friends could do well with some, you know, clocks on the wall. <laughs> yeah, because we do see in later episodes, you know, um, Rachel will go to work at, like, 1 in the morning and the office is all open and lit up and everything. You're like, this is a bit strange. Yeah, I, have, I do know of offices that are like that, where, like, the building's open 24-7 and if you want to go in to do work, they'll let you. But then, of course, a giant company is going to let you do work whenever you yes. want to do it because it, it makes them money. Yeah. Um, I guess there's quite a lot about Western working culture than anything Definitely. else. Um, but later that night, Rachel arrives home and Ross is waiting for her. Hi. Hi. Look, um, about what happened earlier. Oh, well, I, I completely understand you were, you were stressed. I was going to give you a chance to apologize to me. For what? For letting you throw me out of your office? You had no right coming down to my office, Ross. You do not bring a picnic basket to somebody's work unless maybe they were a park ranger. <laughs> yeah, well, excuse me for wanting to be with my girlfriend on our anniversary. Boy, what an ass am I. <laughs> 
told you I didn't have the time. Yeah, well, you never have the time. I mean, I don't feel like I even have a girlfriend anymore, Rachel. Oh, Ross, what do you want from me? You'd want me, you'd want me to quit my job so you can feel like you have a girlfriend? No, but it would be nice if you'd realize that it's just a job. Just a job? Yes. Ross, do you realize this is the first time in my life I'm doing something I actually care about? This is the first time in my life I'm doing something that I'm actually good at? I mean, if you don't get that... Oh, hey, I get that, okay? I get that big time, and I'm happy for you, but I'm tired of having a relationship with your answering machine, okay? I don't know what to do anymore. Well, neither do I. Is this about Mark? <sighs> oh, my God. Okay, it's not. It's oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot keep having the same fight over and over again, Ross. No, you're, you're, you're making this too hard. Oh, I'm, I'm making this too hard. Okay, what do you want me to do? I don't know. I don't know. Look... Oh, maybe we should just take a break. Okay, okay, fine. You're right. Let's uh, let's take a break. Let's cool off, okay? Let's get some frozen yogurt or something. No. A break from us. Dan, there we have it, Mark. That is the friends moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is the the moment where they need to have the break. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. Like, there's a lot we could go into, uh, and I guess we will. Um, but I guess the main point is, what does a break mean to you, Mark? Well, this is the problem with Rachel. She's like, you know, we should have a break, and Ross goes, yeah, you know, let's let's take some time apart. Let's cool down. Let's go and get some some frozen yogurt or whatever, which is a weird thing to do. Like, surely it should be like, look, I'm going to go home. I'll see you in the morning. Not. Let's go to a different location together, because that's not a break from the discussion. No. Uh, but, but I totally get where Ross comes from. Like, Rachel used the wrong phrasing at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to side with Ross in that it would sound like a breakup to me. I know my reaction would be entirely different to Ross's. Thankfully, this is one way in which my life wouldn't echo his. But if my grandma said to me, I, would immediately, I wouldn't immediately leave. And that's precisely because to me, it would sound like a breakup. Like, I'd want to talk it through, and all the uncertainty would be sorted, even if I were heartbroken at the end. Yeah, to, to me, the initial point would be her just going, look, I just need some time alone. And then we'll talk back tomorrow when, you know, cooler heads are there. Yeah, like, uh, what is a break? Like, but, but then she, she and which is, which is what Ross does, and then she explains it like, no, we need to have a break from us as a relationship. It's like, oh, you've broken up with me, the end. Yeah, I mean, what? It's, it's, not, it's not a pause, like, oh, you can come back in two weeks sort of thing. It's, we're broken up. Yeah, what does, and I mean, I still don't really know what the world would classify as a break. Yeah. Like, what are the rules of a break? How long does a break? Like, if you're going to have a break and whatever you kind of, as a duo, agree to the terms and conditions of what a break would quantify and what you can and can't do or should and shouldn't do while you're on a break. I feel like if you're going to make such a dramatic and impactful statement like Rachel did, you've got the responsibility to ensure the conversation doesn't end there and to make sure you're understood. Well, you see this with uh, a lot of marriages where, I, I forget what the, the actual words you use for it, where you get a couple that, that split for temporarily but they're not divorced or anything. Uh, and yeah, it's like okay, well, you're still married and you're still under the same rules of what you can do. And it just seems like, well, it's not really a, a breakup or a split at that point, is it? It's just you not living together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when in, you know, in the, the long-winded, drawn-out process that was Jess and I breaking up, um, at one point she moved back to her, her family's uh, and I was in the flat and was like, okay, well, she assumed that meant we were breaking up and I was like, well, 
we could just live apart for a bit and you know you work out what you need to work out at yeah. that point it was everything was up in the end i didn't know what was going on to be fair um she hadn't came out of the closet so to speak yet um but yeah it was very clear you know what the rules were while we were separated it, it wasn't a case of great i'll have like 15 women around every week <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wish yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what i mean there, there was it was very much a we're still we're still together we're just separated you yeah know, i guess we're on a break in the sense of we wouldn't use that phrase because it's confusing yeah yeah um, but right like you know it, it was very clear that no one was supposed to be seeing anyone else or doing anything with anyone else yeah it should just be we're taking some time away from each other which i think is is healthy for couples anyway because when you are around someone 24 7 like you probably do need some time alone yeah like the way they breathe starts to yeah you yeah, yeah like, but we're even same with your your friends and that you know if you know, you you like your friends because at the end of the day, you can go home and they're not there. <laughs> Whereas if they were there, they probably wouldn't be your friends for forever, right? Yes, yeah, so other people's kids. It's great because yeah. you can come back. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand that Rachel is upset and frustrated, but I think she should have chased after us. Um, but the take a break from us line escalates this conversation dramatically in my book. It, yes. It's gone from an argument to a break up and... I don't think anyone at any point in history has ever had a clear definition of what the word break means. Um, and I don't think we do. Even that this is the only time I feel like it ever comes up in culture is this. You say we're on a break. People think friends. Yes. I don't know anyone has ever had a break in this context. Yeah, because Rachel should have said, look, I just need some time to myself. We'll talk when I'm ready. And that that signifies to me we're not broken up at this point. It means you want to be left alone. You want to figure out your thoughts. Yep. we'll come back to it but no she uses the word break and yeah it's, it's pretty powerful which is why everyone still goes on right now you know uh, ross and rachel you know were they on a break were they not was ross right was he wrong yeah it's the eternal the eternal conversation um but one thing i don't want to miss talking about is the initial sent the question that escalates this from they're having an argument to going on a break hmm. is rachel's reaction to ross asking is it about mark yes and Lots of people are like, oh my God, Ross is paranoid. He doesn't trust Rachel, blah, yep. blah, blah. And on the one hand, maybe that's right. But why does Ross have trust issues? And this is what I meant earlier about friends glossing over the trauma of what happened to Ross. Yeah, um, we, we've discussed this a few times, especially lately because of the, the Mark stuff. Because he does, he, he always brings up, you know it's nagging. And it's one of those questions that you shouldn't ever ask like in a relationship. And and friends covers that as well. Of like you know, you should. There's certain questions you should never never ask because the answer is never going to satisfy you. No. Uh, and this is one of them. Like, is it about Mark? Like, it, and it's more the way he comes out with it as well. Like, it, there's just like a pause, and then he's like, "Well, I'm going to bring up Mark because you know that's a that's a good way to carry this conversation." Well, he brings it up because he's he's scared. Yes. Like he feels like he's losing Rachel. He says he doesn't feel like he's got a girlfriend anymore. She's screamed at him in her office and kicked him out. She's still mad at him, even though, as far as he was concerned, he was trying to be sweet. And also, the the boys have already told Ross that uh, she's she's confiding in Mark and he's making his moves. Yeah, I mean, this is men. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what they say. Um, but yeah, I think like there's a lot of kind of. I think people are unfair to Ross in the sense of he's finally with Rachel. She's, you know, the girl of his dream. She's the one as far as Ross is concerned. As you mentioned earlier, he wasn't you know, the jock in high school. Yeah. And he finally feels like he has everything he ever wanted. He had to go for the, you know, watch her with Paolo. And he's been through all this with Rachel. And then he's finally got what he wants. He seems happy. Mark appears. And then all of a sudden, Mark is the new Susan. Well, I can see why he's scared. You know, he's... In his mind, he thinks that Rachel is way out of his league and she can have anyone that she wants. And 
Mark is, you know, way way more suitable to her. Uh, same same with uh, a later episode with Chandler and Monica, where she meets the guy who wants to, uh, who Phoebe says uh, will be Monica's soulmate, and you know, going to live in a house of cheese together. This, you know, everyone has these kind of weird things. Whether it is because of the person being more attractive or more suitable, or just because they get on better, you know. I think everyone just gets jealous of everyone else, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest part is having an open and honest conversation about it, which we say all the time. Um, which Rachel has already done. She's like, yes, I like Mark because he's into fashion. He works in the same job as me. Like, of course, I'm going to get on well, well with him. Yeah. Doesn't mean I want to have a relationship with him. That would probably make things worse. Like having a relationship with Mark, who you work with, and you share the same passions about, would probably be quite annoying and dull eventually. Potentially. I just I just feel like, I guess I kind of empathise with Ross in the sense of... Oh, yeah, I think you can. I, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I have trust issues. Um, I think everyone does deep down. Like, yeah. no, no one is like, I'm amazing. Everyone's going to want to stay with me forever because I'm the best. Like, well, I guess yeah. I was just that I have trust issues entirely relating to you know, the end of my last relationship, which mm. to some degree, I'm sure, impact my current one. Um, but at the same time, it's about your partner understanding that and being supportive. And I know Rachel's frustrated and everyone's like, oh my God, Ryan's on the, and right, I hate Rachel Green Club. But I just feel like Rachel, having been around for that entire thing and seeing what Ross went through could be a little bit like, oh my God, I'm sick of having this Mark conversation with you. But at the same time, understand why he's asking that question because he regretted it the second he asked it and yeah. he knew he was being stupid and that's how that kind of stuff works you ask the question and you know it's the dumbest thing but you can't not because it won't leave your brain alone no so, and, and sometimes you i don't know if hurtful is the right word but you want to say something to to get a reaction out of them because you're not getting the response that you want yeah russ is imagining the worst mm. and i would imagine sometimes it's you know, like taking off a, a plaster or a band-aid if you're American, you need to rip it off sooner rather than later. So it's almost like self-sabotage. Like if, if Ross yeah. escalates things now, potentially subconsciously, to the point where it goes bad or he upsets Rachel or he, he gets the news he's dreading because once he gets the news he's dreading, he hasn't got to worry about it anymore. Yeah. He, he can move on. And I just feel like Rachel is quite poor. Well, she, she probably hasn't been through these experiences. It seems like Rachel has always been the the dumper rather than dumpy in her previous relationships. Uh, and she probably just doesn't under, understand from his perspective. You know, he he has a lot of issues that a lot of, I guess, probably men and women have. Yeah. And she doesn't understand. But also he hasn't explained himself fully. And, and ultimately, all Ross wants to say is like, is this about Mark? And her to go, no, I really love you. Actually, the issue is you were a bit clingy today and it was just a bit annoying. I'm really stressed, blah, blah, blah. And it could have been diffused really easily. Yeah, all Ross needs, like you said, is that bit of reassurance. Yeah. Even if it's got to the point now where it's like a Pavlovian response from Rachel to just be like, no, it's not Mark, it's fine. Like, Just understand why Ross is asking the question. And it's nothing to do with her. No. It's not that he doesn't trust her, he doesn't trust Mark, which yeah. I think for the, for the most part, for most people in relationships, it's fairly standard. Like, if yeah. you think someone's a threat to your happiness, you're not going to like them. And Well, yeah, that's, that's, your, that's your animal brain, isn't it? Of, yeah. Like, to be untrusting of outsiders. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah, yeah he, he just wants reassurance or a sorry or something. But like a lot of people, Rachel doesn't want to give it up that easily. No. And it's, it's not a reflection of how he feels about Rachel. Like, no, Rachel has given him no reason to, to not trust her. Like, she's been entirely fine the whole time she's explaining mm. things for the most part she's been really good just in this one incident because of the heated emotion she's not but 
you know, Ross, it's not that Ross doesn't trust Rachel. It's just that what happened to Ross, he has trust issues. Yes. And I think there's a big difference between not trusting her and her taking that personally and just understanding that Ross has got some issues and together in TV they should work through it. Yep. But emotions don't often lead the best way to logic, do they, Mark? No, they don't. Um, but yeah, it was quite, it's quite an intense moment and it was very impactful even though I've seen this hundreds of times at this point, maybe not hundreds, dozens, dozens and dozens. I've watched the whole run of Friends a lot and somehow this, this conversation is just as impactful as it ever were. You, you think so? Because I, watching it again and actually analysing it this time rather than just enjoying it, I, I don't think it is that impactful. It almost seems it's quite subtle in some ways because there is no massive shouting match. There, it is no we were on a break sort of thing. It is just, you know, maybe we should just have some time apart. And I feel Ross could have easily brought it back with a bit of time and just talking Rachel later on. Uh, and to me, it's this sows the seeds for especially the next episode and, and beyond. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is a big dun 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 sort of moment because at the end of the episode, it could easily come back around fine. We haven't had that finality just yet. No, but I think, I think because it's so low energy in terms of, you know, the drama, it's very small and personal. Yes. To me, it, that was much more effective than if they had just been screaming the entire yes. time because it, it is just... Great. It feels more real. Yeah, two yeah. people who are kind of emotionally exhausted and frustrated with the situation they're in. And for, for the most part, I think that's how most relationships do tend to end. It isn't normally a giant screaming match where one person's necessarily the villain. It is just a exhaustion. You've, yes. just, you've, got, you've got as far as you can go and that's that. And it's, it's almost the, all the worse for that yeah. because you haven't got that kind of like wave of anger to kind of ride your feelings through. It's like, oh wait, this is real yeah. and tragic. I mean, it's not always tragic. Sometimes it's a good thing. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. this instance, it's definitely upsetting for, for Ross and Rachel. Um, but then... We join Chloe and the boys at the club and she's talking shop all about copying things and printers. And oh, which is weird. <laughs> which is just dull. I mean, the boys have zero interest. And sometimes I wonder, Mark, is this what I sound like when I'm talking about things? Yes. If someone gets me started about, you know, random <laughs> yes. geeky topics. Yes. I'm like, I'd like to think that I'm slightly more on the ball than Chloe and realise people don't care. I, I, I mean, you know, the, the passions and interests that you have are great, right? They're fine. They're, even if you find them boring, they're actually kind of interesting. Talking about photocopying is like talking about watching paint dry. Like, going, oh, yeah, you know, we've we got a golden rod paper, but, you know, we was out of that one, so we got two yellows and mixed it with a white. And, uh, like, yeah. No, we, yeah. For the most part, people's jobs are boring. Like, you spend most of your week doing it, but the day-to-day in and out of your job is really boring. Yes. If I was to sit here and spend 20 minutes telling you about how I did insert A at my job, because you've got zero context other than what I'm giving you, it's not interesting. If you were going to sit here and tell me about, oh, you had a right nightmare with a jam in the sticker printer, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, I don't, but yeah, I don't get the excitement for what you've achieved. Yeah, it's not a thrilling story to no. me. Um, but, you know, Chloe is, uh, is oblivious that the guys don't seem to give she, She's quite nerdy, even though she comes across as this, like hip alternative person she is quite nerdy and i think it's one of those you know judging a book by its cover and you know from the 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 crush the guys have on chloe you know seems to be very quickly dwindling and it's like oh wait she's not this like she is cool and you know she's definitely got that like carrie ann moss from the matrix vibe going on 
obviously before the Matrix. Yep. Like, oh, she, she's unique and interesting. But obviously, as they get to know, they're like, oh, like visually, she she stands out, certainly in the 90s with like the, the short pixie cut and everything and yep. how she dresses. And I guess she, she isn't typically girly. Yeah, it's like the guys have almost fetishized. They're like, they've, they've developed a yeah. crush. And then she made a joke about, you know, all of them being together and it's like they've got this kind of idea in their head of who she is yeah. and then they've actually sat down looked past her outward appearance and got to know her and turns out she can be quite dull yeah they, they don't have a lot in common and you see this with uh, Isaac the other guy that works there you can see how them two are like best friends like they're they're, they're very nerdy and geeky whereas Chandler isn't I don't even think he's geeky really and Joey definitely isn't geeky no, I, th- I think nowadays people would describe Chandler as geeky. Maybe nerdy. Nerdy, but, but if you're yeah, more nerdy than geeky. But if you look at the context, he's a guy who works Monday to Friday in an office on computers. He, he's pretty vanilla. Yeah, he's not. I mean, maybe he's like nerdy in the sense that he was excited about a computer, but that's not nerd. That's standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the new, a new phone comes out or someone buys a new console, they get really excited and want to talk about it. That That's normal. Like my little brother gets excited about buying FIFA every year. Yeah. For some reason, even though it's the same game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't think he's that nerdy. Um, no, and yeah, you're, you're right. Especially at a bar, what she's talking about is not exciting, especially what uh, she's previously talked about and maybe the boys are still thinking about. Yeah, but also at no point has she, you know, like, they would like to give her, like, does that frighten you? And, you know, she's teasing them a bit. And yeah. now she's talking about boring things and she's only invited them here because they're in the shop a lot and it's Isaac's show. Like, yeah. it's not a let's go on a date. Like, at no point did you say, we're going on a date together. The boys have just kind of run away with their imaginations yeah. and got awkward. Um, yeah, they've got, they've got to know a bit better and she's not as exciting as they thought. No. But again, all they were thinking about was, she's hot. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a threesome. And it's like, well, there's more to Chloe than just, as much as we like to call her copy girl, there is more to Chloe than just being copy girl. She's yes. an actual person. And I like the fact that she's kind of boring <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in this context. Um, but Ross walks in. And Chloe's super excited to see him. We should tell you she's a giant dork. Yes. <laughs> it's Russ. Uh, but she went over to introduce him to Joey and Chandler, which is fantastic. Yes, yeah. Like, they shake hands. Yes. It's, it's amazing. I, I always have it in comedies where they're like, do you two know each other? Because they're like giving each other like death stares. And they're like, no, it's the first time we just met. Yeah, it, it's so funny. I, I don't know why I found it so funny when they shake hands. Like, yeah, hey, look. Just say that you know each other. It'd be so much faster than But yes. then it's just funny. It's just, I don't know why, but it just tickled me a lot, yeah. which is good because I needed it after the intense. Like, I don't know why I was so invested in the kind of Ross and Rachel conversation this particular time because I've seen the episode multiple times, and, but this time it really hit home for some reason. So I yeah. needed a good giggle after that scene. Um, but Ross tells the boys and what happened. Uh, and then we joined Phoebe and Monica on their bilingual double date. And uh, the date's going well, Mark? For one half. <laughs> yeah of the group uh, Monica and the translator are hitting it off but unfortunately that leaves Phoebe stuck on the opposite side of the language barrier to Sergey. yeah it does uh, I mean good for Monica like you know and good for the translator you know he gets to have some fun for once but this is again where I'm like is he on the clock I assume so is he getting paid yeah he must be so do your it's, job. it's official business yeah like do your job <laughs> like you're, you're there to translate translate like yes Monica's there for you to keep company too or Maybe have a group conversation. Well, you know, he, he does touch on this later on where he's like, you know, no one speaks to me. They always want to speak to him. Like, yeah. you know, I have things to say too, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and, and, and certainly you see that with, with translators that uh, they're, they're not normally directly translating. 
So it's not word for word. They're they're taking what's said and then they're they're recontextualizing it into shortened form that makes sense in the native language. And lots can get lost in translation. Yeah. Uh, like there's a very famous story about a an executive at, at Sega, the video game company, and he's having a heated argument with one of the top Japanese execs, and he's like, he tells him to to f you, and. The translator looks at him and he's like, just tell him that. And he's like, there's no translation for that. And he's like, yes, there is. Like, he, he knows what I've said. You you tell him, sort of thing. Um, so, you know, as a translator, like, yeah, he is just going to be making things up that he thinks are what needs to be conveyed quickly and easily. Yeah, I guess. It, I don't know. It's a tough one. Like, it's funny, obviously, because we're watching a sitcom. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, do your job. Like, flirt with Monica in your own time, mate. Like, we're on the clock now. Maybe that's unfair of me, but he's at work. And, you know. Yeah, I think it's unfair of you a little bit. I don't flirt with people at my job. <laughs> don't do my job. Much. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know. I mean, but again, I mean, mainly have a group conversation. Like, if one person in the group can't or something yeah. like that, bridge the gap. Yes. Like, literally exactly. what he's there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Phoebes keeps trying to talk to Sergei through Mishka. Mishka, if you pronounce it. Um... But he's not really focused on his job and does the bare minimum so we continue chatting to Monica. And Phoebe isn't happy about this and asks to talk to Monica behind her menu. And she wants Monica to shut up so she can talk to her day. <laughs> I mean, Monica can do whatever she wants. I mean, she can. But at the same time, I'm like, you were here essentially wing-womaning for Phoebe's. Like, well, yeah, she's doing her job right now. <laughs> she's, she's got a bit too uh, involved in the, the task she the, was asked to the, do. The problem is Phoebe wants the, the chat to happen now. And then at the end of the dinner... Monica can take the translator away, but it's happening a bit too soon. Yeah, I mean, and it's upsetting Phoebe because it's not going to her plans. It's it's a bit like when they see John Claude Van Damme again. You know, Monica sends Jennifer Aniston over, and like she doesn't follow the plan exactly and gets annoyed about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad. It was a bad plan that Phoebe had. To be fair, it was a dreadful, dreadful plan mm. because. How exactly is Monica going to whisk the translator away unless they've had some kind of chemistry on the date beforehand? Oh, exactly. But I understand, also understand why Phoebe's annoyed because she'd be like, if that was us, I'd be like, Mark, you were supposed to, you're, like, you're doing your job wrong. You're doing your job too well, yes. if anything. You're <laughs> yeah. being too charming. Stop distracting the translator. I'm <laughs> trying to. But I also kind of feel like, well, what does. How to phrase this in an appropriate way? I'm assuming that Phoebe wants the date to end a certain way with a certain... Well, know. she wants to take him and be alone with him, right? But, you know, you can fill in the blanks for yourself. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, how much do you really need the language to get to that point? Well, yeah. I mean, at, at this point in time that they're having dinner, I think walking out of the restaurant right now is probably a bit inappropriate. I mean, if your translator's flirting with your mate, you just got to... <laughs> You, you, you get the tab. Yep. I mean, maybe Phoebe's hungry and wants some food first. Tell me about a hand. Take me to, take, <laughs> yeah. take, take me to, take me to the embassy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but we go back to Rachel. And she's sat at home by the phone, looking upset and drinking some wine. And I love, I want an apartment that has a big, long window with a weird stool I can sit on when I'm sat. <laughs> because it, it's like the, per it only happens in TV. I've never seen an no. apartment or a house or a flat or any kind of domicile where that's existed like a, 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 like a grieving window sort of thing yeah, like a window bench yeah, i want to i want to be in my feelings and i want to sit down while it rains you know yeah. when joey's looking yeah. into yeah. his little water feature it doesn't exist but for, there's something about it in my mind that makes me go if i was ever sad 
I'd be less sad there. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would just be comfy. I'd want, I mean, it's, I don't know how cold it is at this point. There's snow on the windows, I guess, but I'd have a big blanket around me yeah. and be all, so I'd have a cup of tea or if I sat down, maybe some booze. And some, some chill hip hop vibes in the background. I don't know. I'd probably have the blues on, to be right. honest. Rather than some chill hip hop, but whatever I've got, you know what I mean? Like, it, it would be a whole, as the yeah, kids yeah, say, yeah. vibe. It'd be a whole thing. It would always be worth being sad. Turn, just turn to, off the light. I'm, I'm doing my vibe right now. Yeah, just, just to, just you know, be, be one with your feels in the corner. Yeah. But it's not real life, Mark. It's not what we get in the middle. Maybe I'll build. I'm going to have a house. I'll build. Do really build a window bench no, just so yeah. I can be sad in it. Yeah, because right now you have to do it under your Superman blanket. And yeah. It's not <laughs> just, the same no. with a Superman blanket and a torch. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's not the same. Um, but she's looking upset, having some wine, and the phone rings. She quickly snatches up the phone, but it's not Ross, Mark. Who is it? It's the other Mark. It's Mark. And he can tell she's upset. And she, he, invites him, he invites himself over. And then in my notes, in giant capital letters, it says, this is men again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... It's 50-50, right? He could be vulnerable woman, this is my chance. Or he could just be a nice guy. Remember, he's in a relationship. He could just be like, hey, look, you're upset. Let me come over. I'll, you know, try and cheer you up. That's a good friend. But this is men. But he's in a relationship already. Like, there, there has been no hint so far that he wants to get with Rachel. He's been with his girlfriend at the office right in front of Rachel. Rachel is very familiar with them. He has made, he's done nothing else to to Rachel. Like, yes, he got her a job. That could be him being nice, which is what we discussed previously then. Uh, He's never flirted with her. He's never bought her presents. There's been no hints from him being anything but a genuine, honest person who's just looking out for her and trying to be a nice person. But Ross's whiskers are twitching. Yes. Which is a weird phrase to use if you don't. I, I think he's actually being genuine here and being like, look, you're upset. Let me come over. I'll cheer you up. That's a nice thing. I have multiple questions. Why is he calling her? Doesn't seem like it's work related. I assumed initially he was calling her because, oh my God, there's been a disaster at because work. The, because the plot needs it. Like, right, I'm like, but like, like from like a... I mean, they, 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 they seem to be fairly close and talk often. Like you've, you've got female friends that you talk to often. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could just be, be close. Like... But he as, calls. As, yeah, as we've said before, like she likes talk, talking to him because they're in, both into fashion. They might just like call quite often. But he said he was going to leave a message because he's aware it's anniversary night. He's like, well, what's so urgent? You need to talk to Rachel about it now, or leave a because if, if you're planning to leave a message, you can just talk about it later. Perhaps, right? It might be that he's just thinking of whatever it is at the time. Like, oh, you know, there's a new show coming up. It's like, look, there's a new show. Just let you know, we're going to sort it out tomorrow before I forget. Bye. But you are right. At this point in time, we have no reason to suspect Mark other than, you know, this is men paranoia. Yeah. But he calls her. She's upset. He offers to come over and, you know, come for her. And what does Rachel say? She says, no, don't come over. I don't want you to. Which is fair. And does he respect her agency to make that decision? No. And that's where Mark goes into the Ryan Naughty book. Uh, maybe. Like, there's, there's two sides of that coin. There's respecting their wishes, but... Then there's also knowing that, yeah, they are upset and I want to make them feel better. But she's not suicidal. She said she was going to throw herself off the balcony. Yeah. I'd be like, fair enough, get over there. But she's just, she's had a fight. She's a bit sad. Um, she doesn't want him to come over and he invites himself. First off, where's Mark's partner? Why don't we see her or him? Why don't we find out who they are? I just want to wait, wait, Hang on, what do you mean? Well, we you ha- said Mark's in a relationship. Yeah, we saw her in a couple episodes ago where he's kissing her and Ross comes in and pulls her off because well, yeah, he thinks that she's but, Rachel. Where is she now? 
at home somewhere. I don't know. Anymore. They I'm probably not, don't live together. Not, I trust it. I just want to know, like, why is Mark sat alone by himself? Where, why is where's his girlfriend? Because they probably don't live together. Like, they probably just date it. Who what, knows? What if they're breaking up? I feel bad. I don't want Mark to break up. I want, I'm invested you, in everyone's relationships. You, you are untangling this episode by just, like, pulling at every thread, wanting every single detail to ruin it. No, I don't want to ruin it. As, as far as we're aware, he's in a relationship still at this point. I know the plot needs Mark to be there, but at the same time, my logic wants to... To understand it. So I don't to think ruin he should, it, not yeah. to ruin it, but I don't think he should have gone over. Um, but he does. Um, I that would make me suspicious only because Rachel asked him not it to It would go. make you suspicious if you're Ross, yeah, definitely. Like, why is Mark there? Like, how did he end up there? Sort of thing, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and also, we don't know that Mark doesn't know this because everyone else knows they're broken up at this point. Word spreads around quickly in Friends universe. Okay, so you think that maybe he's got an ulterior motive for the phone call? No, it could be that he, he phoned because, you know, she's told, uh, you know, her colleague at work, oh, you know, me and Ross have broken up or whatever. Or she's told, you know, Monica or Phoebe and they've told whoever. And it's got back to Mark somehow. So it's like, oh, I'm going to call her. I've heard that, you know, things are not good. I'm going to be a good friend. Maybe it's just, you know, other knowledge we have from later on. And Mark's smarmy face. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I think that's a lot. Like he, he's very suave, isn't he? Well, when he's like, "Isn't tonight the big anniversary dinner?" Hmm. The way he, his face when he says that is almost like I've undermined the boyfriend. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's it's very like oh, okay. Yeah. That's a like you know when you get the boyfriend's name wrong, like oh, ha- how's Roger? It's Ross. Oh, of course. Like, you know yeah. the classic yeah. moves. Yes. <laughs> like it's very. But you are right. We do just need to trust Mark at this point. And if we assume his motives are actually you know kind and true. He is being a nice friend, I guess, by going over to help. Yeah, that's that's where I think we should leave it at this point in time. But, you know, this is men, Mark. They're in capitals <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but Jerry and Chandler are talking some sense into Ross, because Ross seems to think that after you have an argument like this, you need to wait a amount of time. Yeah, we've heard this before from him, you know. It's the, it's the whole dating etiquette. You don't call within three days, you make them wait, and if you have an argument, can't call them right away, which I think has some value to it. I mean, don't call. If someone's them. annoyed with you, don't hassle them. Yeah, but if you're upset, don't don't sit on. If you're still angry or upset or whatever, fine. Maybe now is the time to call them. But it's, if you're like, oh my god, what is going on? And you want some clarification, like, yeah, phone it's them. a delicate delicate balancing act. Also, this is totally the night is and would not work now. Like Russ has to go off to find a phone on the wall to call Rachel. Um, after he starts being an idiot and decides to. And I was watching yeah. this and I'm like, well, now you just have your phone in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah okay. Well, you just send a text message, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, but uh, meanwhile, Rachel is briefing Mark about what happened. Oh, and then we got to this big stupid fight. I just, it was awful. I told him he treats me like a park ranger or something. Oh. <laughs> and then I told him I wanted to take a break. I don't want to take a break. Oh, I'm sorry. Egg roll? No. And then I called him, and he wasn't there. Well, he's, he's probably just out. Oh, thank you. That's very helpful. I'm glad you came over. <laughs> Hello. Hi, it's me. Hi. Oh, I'm so glad you called. Really? I've been thinking this is crazy. I mean, don't, don't you think we can work on this? Hey, what do you want to drink? Who's that? Nobody. Is it okay if I finish the apple juice? Is that Mark? Oh, honey, look, he just came over. Yeah, I got it. Damn. Again, Mark, there's so much to talk about here. Um, 
going all Roger and psychology on things, I guess. Um, 100% of this is Ross and his insecurities and trust issues, which, again, I understand. And I honestly can't say how I'd react in this situation. What about you? Yeah, I, I have to agree. You know, he's... First off, Mark is dumb. Or, or, or very smart, right? If you know that the person you're comforting uh, is on the phone to the other person, you keep quiet because you being in the background is not going to help. Like, you, he knows that she's on the phone. Yep. Don't talk out loud. Same way, you, you know, when you're speaking to, to friends or family members, I don't be like, hey, Ryan, you know, do you want that? Like, you keep quiet because you don't know what, what they're doing, what yep. they're talking about. Uh, so certainly, yeah, Ross going, calling and hearing Mark there, it's like, well, everything's just come true, what he imagined. Yeah. Same time, he should be like, well, surely she wouldn't answer the phone to me and make it aware that he's there. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because obviously hearing Mark's voice is going to make him think that all the thought he'd worried has come true and they'll be suddenly and painfully validated. Is he wrong? Yes. Should he have acted that way? No. Um, but that's what you do in the heat at the moment. It's tough and I feel bad for him. Um, and again, the people are going to think I'm piling in on Rachel, but initially it's the given that Rachel lied about Mark being there. Yep. Like, to me, that's where it all hangs. If yes. she'd gone, I was, Mark called, I was upset, he's come over to see me. If she'd have been honest, I feel like Ross would have been, what the hell, I'm coming over and gone to talk to Rachel and you know, they could have a conversation and Mark goes home or stays or whatever. But she lies about it and I'm yes. like, why you lie? Why'd you lie? That, that one lie... Maybe I'm obsessed with the truth, but that one lie would be enough. That would confirm my worries. Exactly. To me. Yeah. If if you can make a tiny lie like that, what else have you lied about? Exactly. And you know why is he there? Like Russ doesn't know any of this because he hasn't had time to ask because Rachel lied. And then yeah. But I liked what you said about Mark is either really dumb or really smart because <laughs> when you know we have the it's nice to have a boyfriend <laughs> yeah. and the last that's going on. Mark's like, oh, someone wants us to know you have a boyfriend. Yeah. So he knows that how Ross feels and doesn't trust him. And then when Ross calls, after knowing that they've had a breakup and are upset, Mark knows that Ross knowing him is there, he's there, is going to cause even more trouble. Yep. So it's like, is he? does he really need to ask Rachel at that moment while she's on the phone, which is A, rude, and B, I don't feel like finishing off the orange juice. Is that much of a drama? <laughs> no. Like, Rachel's just broken up with her boyfriend. If I drank the last of Rachel's orange juice and she was upset, I'd be like, Rachel, get your priorities in order. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the same way, you know, when you're on the train or you're out somewhere and you hear someone on the phone talking to their boss, you don't go, he's at the pub. You know, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just, like, like he's, he's very aware that she's talking to Ross because of how, even just how she's acting. Yeah. So, yeah, part of me can't figure out if he has done it on purpose or not at this point in time. No, I mean, if you, it, again, it's difficult to, sometimes oh. it's very difficult to separate the moment from your knowledge of the show yes. and you know what's coming in the future. So it is very difficult to be like, yes, he's innocent. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, we have to pretend he is, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be happy if Mark was there. And would I jump to the same conclusions? I think you would. Yep. But it would be a thousand times better without that initial lie. I can wholeheartedly say yes. You know, Rachel knows Ross will be upset by Mark's presence. And that's why she lied. Yeah. Even if she was like, hey, look, Mark's come over. Look, I think we should talk. Do you want to come over now? I'll send him home. Yeah. But like, why is like, oh yeah, Mark's here because I was upset. Why is Mark there? Oh, because I was upset. Okay. I'll come home. Yeah. Like, why are you like, let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't, but the lie, I'd be angry she lied. And then. Yeah. You just think there's more lies involved. Yeah. Once someone breaks the trust, it's gone. And as far as Ross is concerned, she's already broke up with him. 
this has ruined the trust and confirmed all his fears because she's lied. So what else has she been lying about? Yep. And then, yeah, obviously he goes off the deep end. Uh, Ross walks away from the phone after angrily slamming it, which is something I miss <laughs> had been able to do. We discussed that before, so, like, yeah. You can't do it. Pressing the little red circle is <laughs> not the same. Maybe it's why people throw their phones. Yeah, I think I mean, so. It keeps me in work, so carry on doing it. But you know, you know what I mean? It's like hurling it across the room. Um, but he, and then Chloe intercepts Dinosaur Guy and follows him to the bar. Um, Chloe, at this point, I can't tell. if she, Is she trying to seduce Ross? Is she just being sweet? I think, I think she's just been drinking. She's quite merry. He's the Dinosaur Guy. She's just having a fun time. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything much there, really. I mean, you kind of from the next episode, I guess, and you kind of you kind of understand what Chloe and Isaac are like as people, and yep. kind of morally and culturally and ethically how they are. Not that there's anything wrong with no. anything they do. There's no judgment from me there. It's just she doesn't see what she she was doing as a problem. So there, there is no problem. Like to her, he's the dinosaur guy. She doesn't know about his relationships, breakups, anything at this point. He's just there. She's she's been drinking. She's at a party. They're having. She's having a fun time. Yeah, and we know from when she was chatting to Chandler and Joey about Ross, you know, that guy they don't know, mm. about, you know, when they have to blow someone up to 400 times now, they say, let's Ross it. because yeah, yeah. She's, So she clearly you know, likes Ross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no one necessarily misses anything more there. They just get Well, on. they also probably only have seen each other in that work situation. Yeah. So this is also a time for her to, to get to know him a bit better. Yeah, she's just having a fun time, yeah, to yeah. be fair. Um, but we leave this tension and are back on the bilingual double date. And I'll be honest, Mark... I've immediately stopped caring about this entire subplot. Yeah, I, I kind of like it as a, a little thing. And I totally forgot it's in this episode because it is just a, a little throwaway subplot that has no no meaning compared to like the bigger stuff going on with Ross. Yeah. So it's nice, but it's it's pretty forgetful, I guess. Yeah, just... Well, it's just I'm like, all this drama's happening and I'm so invested in the Rachel Ross drama still all these years later. Uh, we joke a lot about how my life seems to parallel Ross's and how I relate to him differently as a character as I've gotten older and experienced more things. All of that is true, but I don't think that's why this moment and episode remain so powerful. I think it's the, this and the final episode are the perfect storm of TV storytelling. And I can only think of one of a moment that's as impactful in TV history, and that's the body episode of Buffy. Which we've also discussed in previous yeah. episodes. You know, this, this is a cliffhanger episode. Right? It's in the middle of the season as well. Uh, and you've also got to remember the the media at the time and chatting around the water cooler, or, or in your case, uh, the juice box. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's like, oh, Ross and Rachel are on again, off again. Will they will they stick together? Like people were very invested in Ross and Rachel's relationship, which yep. is it's harder co- to convey when you're binge watching it on Netflix or you've seen it a million times. You've got to remember, people have over three years been watching this week after week been talking about it and been like oh you know they're finally together and like oh it's a little bit rocky but it's fine they're going to be together they're going to be happy and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this kind of blows up yep. and there's been hints at it in previous episodes but you know if you said two episodes ago are they going to break up you're like no no well i think i mean it's a credit to the show that even if the characters aren't necessarily consistent and some of them don't really develop much of people over the run of the franchise it's still a testament to how loved these characters became so quickly. Like, by the end of season one, you liked the whole yes. thing. And if you didn't, you weren't watching the show. So anyone who was, in, you know, still watching season three loved these characters and you were invested in their lives at this point, like you are with any good fiction. And, and I guess the overarching story has only really been about Ross and Rachel. Like, any other character has had basically one-off episodes. Like, 
What's what's Joey done that's different from uh, episode one? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Chandler, nothing. Nope. Oh well, he got a promotion. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's Monica done? She's changed jobs. What's Phoebe done? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it is all Ross and Rachel has been kind of carrying the show at this point of being more than just a joke of the week episode to something that has a bit more growth to it. Yeah, and we learned from the reunion episode that people were running up to the cast and writers in the street and being like, oh my God, are they going to get together? Yeah. And like, the people were desperate to know what was going to happen. And I guess from a, a, a writing standpoint, it's almost really brave that they did this this quickly after them getting together. I, I don't know, because we've seen it with other shows where characters get together and it's boring. Like imagine if Ross and Rachel got together and they were just happy. There, there's no more storylines there. No. The alternative is that it's on again, off again, which you can only do so much. And they cert- they certainly pushed it with the whole, you know, Rachel is with Paolo. There's a cat involved. Paolo again. And like they, if they did it a couple more times, you'd be like, oh, I'm bored now. They're not getting together. Like, and the Big Bang Theory certainly had this issue mm-hmm. with uh, Penny and Leonard where, you know, for ages, oh, they're not going to get together. Well, yeah, who cares? Uh, and then they did get together and you're like, uh, Okay, and then they broke up, and it's just on again, off again, for seven seasons. It's just really boring because yeah. there, there's no there's no investment of drama there. It's just it feels normal. So I guess I guess they they how do you time this? And like for me, what's most interesting is that they break up now, and then for seven series they're not together really. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like that. It does feel like they are kind of together, but. I think that dynamic of them not being together, but it kind of things into interweave at times, makes it feel like they are. Yeah, but I think you made a great point about, you know, being around the water cooler back in the day and how it differs from binge watching the show. Because yeah. you get your resolution as quick as you want it now. Yeah. Whereas when we watched this back in the day, it was a you know, a week um until you found out what happened. And it was like the talk of everywhere. It, like, yeah, it was, it was new. It was on TV shows and all sorts, right? And yeah. just at school or at work or whatever. Like people discuss this. It was in the papers a lot as well. Yeah. But as an audience, we're, we're so invested in theory in Ross and Rachel at this point that to break them up this dramatically and this quickly and have this happen was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know like what. And for me, as, as, as a like, uh, perspective on writing, it's really brave because you've got this one thing that's kept your show going for, kept people invested and you finally give them what they want and you're taking it away pretty quickly. Well, don't, don't forget as well that at this point in time, they were on a lot of magazine covers, uh, especially Ross and Rachel. Some of the magazine covers are weird. They're all like, dressed up in sailor outfits and doing tug of war. And yeah. some, of the, some of the photo shoots, they, they look fun, but they're not friends. They're, they're really odd. And you've got to, got to imagine that Ross and Rachel would have been on lots of magazine covers of like, will they, will they break up next month sort of thing. So it, it was just, just in the zeitgeist, I guess. Yeah, and I was like, what was the like, script security like? like yeah. Was it scripts on set only and you can't take your script home? And like, yeah. what were the leaks like? Because this, this was a big TV moment. Yeah. You, you don't get them anymore. No. People, you know, even if you're watching like a, a fantastic BBC One drama on iPlayer, you can binge the whole thing in a weekend. And then it does, I mean, Light in the Duty, I'd say probably the most recent Hmm. show on the BBC where everyone's like, oh my god what's going to happen in the last series but not episode series because people can watch it at a pace they want to yeah. um, we, don't, we don't consume TV the same way so I don't think we'll ever get a similar situation like this again no. but I guess we should close out the date though Mark and uh, Phoebes and Sergey have clearly had enough <laughs> Sergey would like to apologise for my behaviour tonight <laughs> 
Tell him apology accepted. Oh, he's unbelievable. I mean, for the first time in three years, someone actually wants to talk to me, but you think he would let me enjoy that? No! You silly diplomat. Why'd you learn some English, Sergei? Excuse me, but um, isn't he paying for your dinner? Hey, the man's dog just died. Pinky boy. Pinky boy is a fraud. He's a cotton jeep. I have just resigned my post. Would you care to accompany me to the Rainbow Room? I have diplomatic coupons. It would be my pleasure. My guy has coupons. Your guy can't even say coupons. That's such a weirdly antagonistic thing from Monica. Like, your guy can't even say coupons. It's like, okay, were you so weirdly <laughs> invested in, in this all of a sudden? Well, it's uh, her competitiveness, isn't it? Oh, true. Uh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, and she's siding with, with the man that she's interested in. Uh, an interesting parallel is, you know, the Ross and Rachel stuff doesn't really have much humour in it. And then this is a, another relationship that has all the humour, which I think is needed for this episode, which is why it, it works so well and plays off each other. Fair. Uh, but I, I guess, you know, as a, as a storyline, yeah, they end it. It's nice. It's, it's got some jokes in there, but it's not a big deal. Yeah, at this point, you kind of stop caring. Not yeah. I had, at least. Uh, although, I have diplomatic coupons is a weird and fantastic flex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so, so weirdly specific, I have diplomatic coupons. <laughs> like, if she didn't have the coupons, she might not have gone. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Got, Ooh, fancy diplomatic coupons <laughs> yeah. sold. Like, I would go somewhere if someone had diplomatic coupons. <laughs> yeah. Just for the novelty of it. Like, are they different? What do they look yeah. like? Are they, like, laminated? <laughs> yeah, and you find it's actually really boring. 10% yeah. off. It's like, oh, great. Two for one cocktails, yeah. in between four and five. Um, but we're back at the club and Ross and Chloe are still drinking and chatting and being forced to listen to you too, mm -hmm. which explains the drinking. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're not going into that detail. Nope. But the pair start to dance while Rachel's at home eating bread. Uh, she tries to call Ross again, but obviously he's not home. And Rachel's clearly troubled and struggling with the bread. She bites into this bread and really has to fight the bread. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, like she's like, like, like it's just like stale loaf that she's trying to eat. for Pro Probably is right. And I'm just like, okay, Rachel's struggling with the bread. Um, but then we rejoin the dancing duo and Chloe kisses Ross. He kisses her back and we get a to be continued screen. And that's the episode. Like that's yeah. such a horrible ending. Rachel sat on a little sadness window and... Well, that, that's why I say it's quite subtle. There is no explosive argument. Like, you know, we're through, we're done. You know, you're a disgusting person, cheated on me. It is like, it's very subtle. There's no talking at this end scene. It's just music playing in the background and you're like, uh-oh, like this is about to get worse. Yeah, I think that's why it's so impactful because it is subtle and quiet mm. and it, it is, for the most part, what the majority of breakups feel like. Yes. There, isn't, there doesn't tend to be, you know, a giant. Well, yeah, even said, even yeah. if there's a giant explosion, this stuff comes after. Yes. The, you know, the mopey, sad, in-your-feelings part is always worse than the giant, passion-filled explosion of drama. Yep. But, uh, and, and you can totally understand why Ross kissed her back. You know, he's, he's feeling quite hurt. Uh, he's getting like a positive reaction from Chloe, I guess. Uh, he's he's been drinking, so potentially there's that involved too. Like, I can understand why he's just like, yeah, who cares? I I don't 
Yeah, he's he's probably feeling quite numb and emotionless right now. I I don't know. I mean, he's upset. And Rachel Rachel is with Mark right now, and who knows what happened there? So what does he care? See, that's this is where I, I my siding with Russ starts to dramatically collapse really quickly because he's not. If the Mark thing hadn't happened, Chloe. And he wouldn't have happened, I don't think. No. I think it would have been like, oh, I'm sad. I'm just going to you know, have a drink. And we would have spoke to Chloe about the situation. And she'd be like, oh, that's sad. And you he know. probably would have pushed her away. Yeah. But well, this- she probably would have said, why don't you go talk to your girlfriend? Yeah. Um, but after, oh, she's now cheating on me with a guy she told me not to worry about. That's an entirely different dynamic. Yeah, he's, he, he's basically in some ways looking out for his own happiness now. And be like, well, if she doesn't want to be with me, then who cares if, I, if this girl was kissing me? Like... See, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a way more spiteful angle of a kind of like, well, if she's going to sleep with Mark, I'll sleep with Chloe. Because uh, it's an option now, so I'll do it. Because- I'd, yeah, I don't think it's that spiteful for him. Just the way he's reacting, I kind of feel he's just, anything goes at this point. Like, he, he is emotionally not invested in anything. He's just like, whatever. I mean, I, I don't think it's been spiteful. We can unpack this more next episode. I think so, yes. Because the way the next morning's presented does a lot to explain, I think, how Ross was feeling in this moment. I think that's a good idea. So with our own cliffhanger, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week with uh, the one with the morning after. Yeah. I don't know if we have cliffhangers. Like, like what would they be like? Will Ryan make tea between episodes? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, he will. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be back next week. Uh, it's an intense episode and uh, thanks for joining us for all the drama. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll skip the socials. It's been a long one. Uh, we can have them longer next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus socials next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me as well.